0: Welcome back to the Lenten Rouge Cycling Podcast for Stage 5 of the Vuelta a España. Exactly the same stage as yesterday, pretty <laughs> pretty much, like seriously, uh, 187 k's from Morella to Buriana. We go down, we're in the Valencia region now, we've gone far south enough, and uh, there's some good climbs here, which all the pros will be familiar with in the next couple of days or the rest of this week. They all come down here in December and January to train to avoid the Northern European winter, but today no oil incidents. Apparently, it was people are saying it was motor oil, four hundred liters of motor oil that the boring. I mean, wouldn't that be more expensive than
1: olive oil? I don't know. Like, olive oil is more spicy to talk about, though.
0: I mean, I don't know how much motor oil is, and they don't mean like, like is it refined? I don't know. So, I thought I heard it was extra virgin olive oil infused with truffles that they were doing, you're going to use and that cost €15 wholesale a litre but could have been motor oil. Anyway, they were apprehended and it remains to be seen what will happen with them. Today, yeah, the stage had an 11k, 11.5k, 4% climb, a category two, way too far from the finish and way too shallow to be of any threat to any of the sprinters. Another round categorized climb, an intermediate sprint with 11ks to go through the town of Nules, with both both the intermediate sprint points and the bonus seconds, six four two, not three two one, 6 seconds is a lot uh, there. So who would go for that? Who would be able to go for it? Would any of the sprinters contest it? Because it's so close to the finish, you might not want to uh, dull your legs. But um, yeah, it was, before we even got out of neutral, Benji, another crash.
1: Yep, exactly. We already had riders that didn't start, like you said it. The Horsons got Gar Guerrero. Those yeah. were not starting before this day. I think Horsens was... Uh, I think his shoulder was injured, um, Kokar also an injury, so that's due to yesterday's crashes, and Dunbar crashed in the neutral zone, so he abandoned as well, then Zahn ended up DNFing as well throughout the stage, so we've got like five riders less than yesterday morning at this race, so it's unfortunate to see them go, and it's also... ah, uh, We've seen a lot of crashes that could have been prevented in the last five days now. But anyway, let's continue onwards, we've got the legendary breakaway, Three riders tried or four riders tried beforehand, like Bissiger tried and so forth, but it was Eric Antonio Fagundes, a Uruguayan. Uruguayan yeah. Yes, I know my flags <laughs> from Burgos BH. Yep, he got in the breakaway. Poor guy.
0: He probably got combativity today. Mate, what's yeah. his story? Tell me. What do you mean? <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's from Uruguay. Now, Uruguay <laughs> is a country in South America, it borders. I think Argentina and then maybe borders Brazil to the south. And he rides for Burgos Biache. That's a Galician team, or maybe no, it's from Burgos near Galicia. He's 25 years old and I know his PCS up. He actually came second in King High Lake this year, which he come third on a weird stage. Can't be that bad. He's only 25. um But anyway, he's on break duty today going for the TV exposure for them. And we thank him for it because Jason Osborne, well, he might not thank him. He had to control the stage for Alberson de Koenig. He is a former lightweight rower, a German lightweight rower, uh, and also sort of became well-known or renowned through indoor cycling, I believe, and now got, got a contract on Alberson de Koenig. Did he win Swift Academy, Osborne?
1: Uh, no. Yes? No, I don't think so. I don't think he did. Esports World Championships. He won Esports World. That Italian yeah. won last year. Yeah. Vine one at some point.
0: Yeah, but I was trying to think around the vine time. Did he win all... His- anyway, he's on Alberson de Koenig. He's actually... He's been very unlucky. He had a mechanical in arctic Grace of Norway final stage last year, which Lechnesund won, and it took him out. And there was the Italian on Alberson. I can't remember. His- What's his name? Like 25-year-old Italian.
1: Colin. Yeah, he... I don't know anymore. Osmond
0: looked really good, and he might have even broke through for a win there. But he's here on break control for Groves, who won yesterday. And that's pretty much it for... Yeah, the first half of this stage. There's that climb, the Category 2, Sepulveda. The gap gets small enough to down to a minute 20 that he's able to jump out of the peloton. No one bothers, to, no one reacts. And he actually chases down Fagundes, catches him and goes clear to take the KOM points to increase his lead in that uh, by 11 points over Avon employees on 21 points.
1: Sepulveda has an interesting story actually because I recall one and a half years ago, two years ago that he put on Twitter that he couldn't find a team anymore. And he was looking for a team after being... Well, he wasn't Movistar for a bit. He was in Grand Tours in the past, and so for breakaway rider in some stages, domestique in some stages. But I swear towards like the, the two years ago era, he ended up without a team. And I recall Lotto being the one that picked him up afterwards and him being in KOM at the start of this Vuelta has a pretty, uh, pretty solid gain for that as well. So he's clearly not washed, that's for sure.
0: Did Lotto pick him up? When did they pick him up?
1: I... So this year, this, this year only, it feels like a year and a half to me.
0: Yeah. I, some reason, I thought they picked him up
1: earlier for
0: relegation points last year. Yeah. I don't know why I had that in my mind that they that they did that, but he scored um, a reasonable amount of points for them, 300 points this year. Well, oh, no, that was last year. He scored, yeah, 250 points, and he probably scored another 300 points for them this year. I'm sure he's not not on the biggest contract, but they don't have him extended for next year. And to be honest, he's kind of been he won a race for them. He won Castille yep. Leon and Sibiu is top ten, so not the worst rider to be honest. And they they need climbers over at Lotto. So even though he's 32, and listen, he's not he's not Flemish or Walloon, but he's from Argentina, a bit of a strange, um, you know, you know rider to be on Lotto Destiny. But he's been pretty good for them.
1: Uh, he's from Rawson. <laughs> you know, it's a, a podcast where not much happened in the stage when we're deep diving into the history of Sepulveda. I'm pretty and... sure he speaks Welsh. Sepulveda. Speaks Welsh?
0: Pretty sure. Why? Because it's like a Welsh community where he's from. Uh, maybe it's just, it feels like something the cycling podcast would talk about. like um, <laughs> Then they maybe have, and that's why I remember it. But I'm um, he's from Rawson, which is, yeah, it's named after... Guillermo mm. Rawson, who was the who supported the Welsh settlement in Argentina, and I think they have like they teach Welsh there, so I'm pretty sure Seville vader speaks Welsh. So maybe he and Josh Tarling, you know, they can speak speaks, which I think Tarling True. speaks well Tarling speaks Welsh, I'm pretty sure. Anyway,
1: <laughs> back to the stage. Yeah, back to the stage.
0: He's <laughs> caught by Alberson after the climb. So is uh, Fugundes and then 30 k's to go. There's no breakaway at all. There's an intermediate sprint, as I said, 11 k's to go. And there's just roundabouts. And so the GC teams get into position pretty well, about 20Ks to go, 25Ks to go. Sync for Yumbo on the front. and um, Quickstep actually probably have a better ruler squad than Yumbo here, frankly, from how these first few stages have played out. Uh, they're there, Bora there, Ineos, not at the front as early this time. And coming up to that intermediate sprint, there's a narrow pinch point through the yeah. roundabout, and it's going into a town. So they've been on a huge highways, and then the sprint point and the finish. The sprint point is then into a town, I don't know. I don't think Yumbo were going to go for it, but it, it wouldn't matter because they got squeezed into oblivion.
1: They didn't look to be in the position to go for it in the first place before that. Squeeze point came, but afterwards they definitely weren't in the position to compete for it. And teams that were in the position was, first of all, UAE. On the right side of the road, their, their lead out was looking perfect. After that pinch point, then on the left side, you had Quickstep kind of trying to find way through, and that ended up working towards the end, towards the start of that sprint, but Something weird happened in the UE train. I felt like Finn Fisher Black was leading out in first position and they were obviously going for the, for the sprint with Ayuso, I would reckon. But then a gap started existing in their lead out. So I'm guessing it wasn't on purpose.
0: To me, it looked like Finn Fisher Black was going to do the lead out and I didn't see Oliveira there because he... And I really think Oliveira, Oliveira should probably be helping lead out Ayuso. Ayuso's got a quicker flat sprint than Almeida. And I know Milano they want to win a stage with, but Ayuso, I think, you know, he could win this race. So I don't know what happened. Whether Finn was supposed to just take the seconds away from Evenepoel, I don't see that happening. To me, it looked like he was supposed to a lead out and it all got jumbled up. Yumbo aren't there. No other GC contender like a Vlasov goes for it either. And Remco gets a brilliant lead out from Quickstep. And... Instead of you know oh should they use cash for Pedersen to take the seconds away he just straight up takes the all six seconds himself yeah. with no other
1: GC contender taking any because Groves came second and Pedersen actually did take seconds away oh, even he was though he third there was no fourth GC rider either so he just took away seconds from a random person but he ended up getting third and took the two seconds off right. Pedersen so they did have that strategy ready in place just in case which is probably a good thing to have I'd reckon so that's six seconds and. People are already talking about, oh, is he doing what Pogacar is doing, which is sprinting at the finish line, for example, on that stage he won already on Arinsal, and now sprinting at this intermediate sprint. He's kind of doing that, but it's also like, on the on the stage, everybody was sprinting on Arinsal. Everyone's going for this stage, yeah, basically. Exactly. And at this intermediate sprint, I don't think this intermediate sprint is going to make a difference.
0: No, exactly. Like, it's even safer to be at the front anyway through these towns and yeah. roundabouts. It was probably the least dangerous place to be. And... You're right. It's not like he put his team on the front to chase all day to do this. It's not like he... These are just three seconds he's taking. I mean, he's he's got his lead on Roglic now up to 43 seconds. He could be on over a minute before the TT Jesus. on Roglic, where he's going to probably take 40 seconds. So he's having a... Between the TTT and then Aronsol, where he took 11 seconds on Roglic and four on, five on vingagard did he take any time in Barcelona? No. I don't think so. But I'll put on the same time. Um, but yeah, it's just he can. He doesn't really need to do anything, Abel Paul. He can just keep accumulating five seconds here, ten seconds there, and it's up to the others to try
1: and take the race race away from him because he's going to win the TT. Yeah, combined with ideally, I would reckon giving away the red jersey on Havalambre, for example, tomorrow stage. I think that's a possibility because then you've got four stage eight and nine. Not necessarily you that need to control the race, like the Trade de Catí stage, for example, which might be a bit risky to control still. But also next to that, regardless of Remco having a minute or something at the TT, I'll be honest, I still have some doubts then when it comes to a third week. Because like when it comes to that Velta Espana that he won, the third week was an easier third week. We haven't seen a full three weeks at the hardest level when it comes to Remco. I'm not saying that I expect them to drop completely, but there is never a certainty though.
0: Yeah, but to lose two minutes, you have to really shit the bed. Like yep. and these are not the longest stages. Like it's not like um Coldalodos, for example. angler is super hard. It's super hard. It's a 120-kilometer stage. Yeah. And so you have to be really underperforming or someone to have a miracle day to take two minutes. Like if he just does his level don't see anyone taking two minutes on Anglerud. They're going to have to do it on other stages. So, I mean, listen, it's it's a long... Voelter, as you said, the third week is super hard, but he'll be happy with six free seconds. And given how close the level is between everybody, every second matters in a grand tour. But we go on towards the sprint. Groves didn't seem to overextend to take those points whatsoever. But yes, we did not see Ghana yet
1: at the front of the peloton. Yeah, that
0: was a change. So Ineos... They moved up later today. Yesterday, they came to the front with 10Ks to go, blew their doors off for 4Ks, and with 6Ks to go, they actually were gone. And Thomas said on his podcast, What's Occurring, that he nearly crashed in the crash yesterday. Someone hit his back wheel because they actually got rolled over from 6 to 3Ks to go. Today, they moved up actually much better. Jumbo-Visma, they were not looking like Tour de France Jumbo-Visma, that's for sure. They're, They're light
1: on rulers here and you saw it because Wingo was literally alone at the front at a certain point in the middle looking for his ruler probably Von Barley that was probably called behind somewhere and when it comes to Roglic Trotnik was on the other side of the road looking for Roglic and those are the dangerous moments because those are the moments where Roglic chooses to move up himself and then ends up colliding with a Colbrelli for example and we know how the story continues I honestly think Roglic
0: should sit at the back yeah yeah, like Pogacar did in the tour I think he should sit at the back
1: is that not also risky knowing that, for example, we have a crash at 3.1 kilometers to go that...
0: You've you got to have two teammates around him. So you put, uh, Tratnik's got to be one of them. And, well, I've now run out of rulers because you've got <laughs> to have Van Bala with, yeah. with, with Wingergaard. It's not like there's Van Hooydonk here. Um, but yeah, you have Tratnik. And if there is something bad that happens, he, he brings you back like Ghana did to Thomas in the Giro. Yeah. And even if there are crashes, which we see, we, uh, you know, you can come back pretty well when there's a crash, unless you're personally involved in it. But yeah, yeah. I think he should do a Pagac in the tour because he can't hold the position at the front. Vingegaard can, but he was, yeah, he didn't. He did, they don't have the rulers, whereas Quick Step one leader, they brought. Okay, they're going to be light climbing. We already saw that on Aronsal. They're in the group of ten. There was four Yumbo, yep. four UAE, Aramco, and two Bora. I know that's more than 10, but bear with me. You know, there was Kelderman was with Hurt. Okay, they're equal. But then, yeah, three on one against. So it swings in roundabouts. I would argue that keeping Remco safe in these stages, which did not happen in the Giro. In the Giro in the first week, he crashed on stages like this is yep. of paramount importance to Quickstep. They bring him through the 3Ks to go Banner very safely. Uh, Catano did a fantastic job as well as the others, Pedersen and co. Uh, and, and no other issues for anyone else. But before that, there's another crash just before, this is why the 3K go rule is so stupid, we yeah. already said, talked about it in other in other stages, but you crash at 100 metres either side of it, it can change your entire race, and there's a crash right near Evenipal, just as he's sliding back and his team have come out, and it is the most this was where he crashed in the Giro he's fine at the front and like Roglic, when he's in the transition period moving up or down is where the problems occur, and I'm not saying it was his fault, but there was a crash right near him. He just about avoids it. It was actually mainly uh, sprinters involved. It was Menton and Milano. They're gone out of the sprint. Cockard DNF this morning with a broken scapula, unfortunately. Uh, big shame. I think he could have gone well yesterday and today. But anyway, no, no GC riders down, fortunately, this time, except for uh, Luke's man, Bardet. He lost time on GC, actually. He lost, I think, he had a mechanical or couldn't come back. He lost like three and a half minutes. But Probably a good thing. I agree. I think he should go for stages now and it's for, it'll force him to do tomorrow.
1: that. Tomorrow, have Alambre. Great call.
0: He should... Might pro- be back in red. No, I mean, he really should get in the break and go for it tomorrow. Um. Anyway, couldn't go off stage without a crash. Lead-outs begin. Alberson at the front. There was a mess where EF, because of that crash, a rider, Julius Vandenberg, went clear. Yeah. He then got caught and then it slowed. And then whilst there was a split and you're like, oh, who's going to get caught? Everyone comes back. So three kilometer rule or whatever doesn't matter
1: so to be clear we speak about there being a split and so forth in sprint stage a lot but if people don't know there needs to be a, a three second gap in a, a stage that is classified as a three second rule stage a three second gap for the gap to count so if there's a gap of one second or two seconds there's no gap yep so the timings there's no gap when it comes to mountain stages it's one second right
0: yeah one second and three seconds, I've already tried to do this before on the podcast, three seconds at 60 kilometers an hour is how much in meters?
1: Did you forget? I forgot to. Is it 50? Does it depend on whether you ride a one meter bike or a normal size bike? It probably, that does make a difference. It's 50
0: meters. I got something <laughs> right. Oh, wow. I don't know. I reckon it won't be because there's no way I got it right. But.
1: You said it But that's Alps- so
0: far. 50 meters, a gap is a huge amount. Yeah. It never, almost never happens in a sprint stage.
1: Exactly. But you said it. Alperson's at the front. They're once again in a good position. They've got two lead-out riders ahead of, ahead of Groves. And I started to think about, where's our man? Yesterday, we had a five to 10-minute rant about why Filippo Ganna was pacing Thomas with 10 kilometers to go because he could podium a sprint stage. And today, we see Ganna moving up. And he's in a terrible position. He's in like 15th position, 13th position, 10th position. He's moving up himself, but also in the wheel of others. So he's trying to use others. There's like a, a lot of rider that comes by and then he switches to the wheel and then he comes up to like 4th, 5th position, I think, uh, towards the sprint. So Ghana was there to sprint, yep. but who ends up winning?
0: Yeah, is eating a lot of wind. He doesn't have the final man and no one, he, he's not aggressive enough to really, he doesn't barge anyone off a wheel, which, you know, is honourable, but he eats a lot of wind when he has to move up here. He does, as you say, get the back of that of rider, but Groves has got no Milano involved, yep. no Cockard. his second wheel, 400 metres to go. He can really wait and be patient. He knows that if he just doesn't fuck it up, basically, he should win because he is faster than everybody else here. Well, we thought so, at least. Um, And (laughs) he waits, he waits, he waits. Ganna launches early, trying to get the jump on Groves, is coming with speed, not a huge acceleration, more like a a wind-up and then carrying a lot of speed. Uh, But then Groves sees him, looks over, and reacts just in time, goes underneath his lead-out man, and just beats Ganna. But Ganna had to make up... Ganna made up... Three and a half, three and no, three point nine bike lengths on him, which as you know is three point nine meters. And Groves, it was a close run thing. He knew he won. His bike throw was maybe a little bit uh probably better than Gunner's, but goes to show not much had to change or go Gunner's way for him to straight up win this stage, not in a flyer, but in a sprint. And it's not that much of a surprise because he won a yep. he won a sprint in Walloney. Like it was a proper sprint. It was a large group sprint against okay, they're not the best sprinters ever, but he beat Ballerini, Arna Marit, Viviani, who's been a little bit better, and Edward Turns. And Edward Turns came third yesterday. And he didn't just win. Like he I think he pretty much like destroyed all of them. Um uh, actually yeah. Viviani's on his team. I forgot that. Um close enough. Maybe Viviani's the leader. But anyway, he yeah, Ghana I think it's good. They changed it up Inios and better results
1: and it's just they keep doing this for another four or five stages he will win one yep exactly and he only lost because of his positioning he was the fastest sprinter here, in my opinion
0: hmm hard to say I definitely reckon yeah in a 30 second sprint like yesterday yep. like yesterday I think he would was better for him than this yep. Um, I think he would have been crazy good yesterday you remember slightly
1: uphill did it help him or not yeah yeah. remember to Provence like yeah. two
0: years ago and there was like a yeah them.
1: But, oh, no, but, but he
0: wasn't as good a sprinter then. Um, yeah. I think yesterday would have actually been even better for him. But um, he's reasonably aer- aerodynamic for his size. But yeah, Groves wins the stage. Back-to-back for him, making it an even better season. Ganner, third, uh, second, rather. Dries van Gestel third. Danese, fourth. Aski, fifth. Turns, sixth. David Gonzalez, who was actually in the breakaway yesterday, seventh. Where's our boy, uh, Aula? He's 14th. Um That'll happen there. Soup eighth, Esquerra ninth, Drizners tenth. He got to sprint because Manten got taken out. Yep. Garcia Cortina, I must say that is disappointing. Like two days in a row. Yeah. He they you you've been saying to me off air a couple a couple of well, the last two days they should have brought Gaviria uh Movistar. I don't know what the contract situation or the physical situation of Gaviria is or his race day situation, but it's clear that Garcia Cortina, who I believe they're extending. Uh, and listen, I like him as a rider in terms of what he can do on his day, but yeah, not. Mate. He's not the guy. He's, he's not a bunch sprinter. He cannot win
1: l- bunch, large bunch sprints. The problem yesterday is that Gavria would have launched the same way Marianne van den Berg would have done. I would have hit that corner because he always launches before the last corner.
0: Yeah, but he would have made it, <laughs> I reckon. It would have been a good... Uh, that, if, if he was here, we would have picked Gaviria for that stage because yep. was so technical. <laughs> yeah. um, Every stage with a corner in the last yeah. 500 meters. Gaviria. Got to pick him. Uh, and I'll pick Ganner if I see another one coming up soon. But yeah, um, just a straightforward sprint stage. Frankly, un- unfortunately, Bardet loses more time, but it might be a blessing in disguise. Hopefully, no one's too banged up. Menton, Milano and co. Uh, from that crash, GC Remco extends his lead uh, by a fair bit. don't know who dropped. Actually, Bardet wasn't that far out of GC. He was only no. like seven. Yeah. yeah, so he probably was going for GC. That's oh, it. That is it. Because of, uh, of the TTT. TTT. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he did lose time on Aaron Sol after his attacks. Uh, points jersey grows 122 points. I think his biggest threat is going to be Remco for that by far. Uh, tomorrow's stage from Laval du Show to Observatorio Astrofísico de Havalambre, it is. It, it looks like a Unipuerto stage. I don't. Um. I don't think this is a Unipuerto. Not a real one. Like a Unipuerto is really like super easy, and they whack it like low port. This is 140 84 184 k's. It goes up to nearly 2,000 meters. They start at 160 meters elevation, just inland of where they finish today in Barilla. and it's a Briana rather, and it's rolling. There's 5.5K is 4.7%, 6.2K is 6%, a 13K 2% climb. But there's actually a lot of other uncategorized climbs in this stage. There's a fair amount of uh, climbing. And then the finish is is the big climb, 11 k's or so, 11.1K, 7.8%. Uh, but that belies its difficulty because there's a 5% a K, the first 2K is a 4%. It's a much harder climb than... Um, the average gradient suggests the last seven kilometers average about 10%. And there's some Ks there of 11%. So very, very hard. I don't know if there's Rampas in Humanas in there yet. Uh, but this, Remco said he, he does not want the red jersey
1: at all. Of course, because Leonard Kempner is going to get it tomorrow.
0: Ah, uh, true. He will have to get in the breakaway.
1: Lost 48 seconds or something yeah, again today. Yeah, lost more time. So 348 behind NGC. That's one of the riders I'm looking at for that. When it comes to other riders in the breakaway, uh, what's the other dude that I... Leonard van Eetveld will probably try, but I reckon Cam better. Yeah. Um, who else? What's your head saying?
0: Uh, I'd, love to, I'd love any host to let Egan Bernal go in the breakaway. Yeah. I know that he waited to help Thomas on Arensal yesterday, uh, on, on Sunday or whenever it was, Monday. Um, but I really think there's only so much you can do if Thomas needs Bernal to pace him back tomorrow, it means he's not in good enough GC uh, condition yep. to warrant having any help because yep. we're talking 10th or 9th and so I, I really think Bernal or Fraile or yeah, should be allowed in the breakaway, but uh, Bernal is the only one that can win, that would be allowed in Bookman might get in for Grower with Camner. wouldn't be surprised to see those two or uh, Nico Dens. As a as a tug buddy. Bardet, we already mentioned, should be allowed in the breakaway. Joe Dombrowski, of course, always tries in the welter style stages. Poole has lost 10 minutes 19. Uh, who else can climb? El Patron. El Patron, certainly. Can Engelhart climb well
1: enough? Luca is a one-day rider. Not this one? Okay. I've got an interesting one. There's a rider that's currently on 16 in the NGC. And he rides for Caja, Jefferson Alvaro Cepeda. uh, And he's been pretty good. Is that the Tour of the Alps
0: one, or is this the other one?
1: uh, This is not the invisible one. This is the tall one. I don't know if he's actually tall. He is a meter 70. So he
0: he looks like for an Ecuadorian, he's quite
1: tall. Oh, I don't know that. But I reckon, regardless of him being 116 behind in GC, I don't think anybody would care seeing a Cajar rider going in the breakaway.
0: But sure, he he must have done well on Aronsal. He must have. He got 18 for that and so. That's 25 seconds. That's really <laughs> that's really good.
1: Yeah. He
0: was actually good in Andalusia too when Poggy yeah. was torching everybody from memory. Yeah. He's a great shout. He, they have to go all in. They could get a top three in this stage. He could even win this stage if it's a weak breakaway. I'd love will, to see him in.
1: Will they be too scared of not being able to get in the breakaway because he's so close just because of the traditional idea? No, of that?
0: no. They will surely, Kaha will know that no one
1: knows who he is or is scared of him. I hope so. What about Steph Kras? Would he be allowed to take the jersey? Oh, I think so as well. I think uh, even the Paul said in Belgian media, uh, I wouldn't mind if Keon Eiterbrook tries to take the jersey.
0: So, yeah, but he, he is too close. <laughs> he is I don't too think, close. but it, it's too strong a team.
1: I don't think Remco would, chase him, would have Quickstep chasing that. True. And like, would
0: Jumbo really care? I mean, they let Henley in the fucking tour break. And well, he's won a Giro, man.
1: Yeah. But so, they were also kind of thinking he could... Impact, UAE, that then yeah. could benefit them. And so, UAE
0: did, did bite and, and chase. Yeah, I, It depends. I, I think a lot of teams should try and get them the break. It's going to be difficult to control. Um...
1: But it's also the kind of stage where if you look at the profile, you said it, it's not the, the real, um, what's it called? The real Run. InuPerto stage. Yeah, but yeah. there are hills to form a breakaway, but it's also not crazy long for them to form on the hill, right? Is it enough? Think? i think
0: it's more than enough yeah okay. there's there's they're rolling hills too you can't like there's there are all these little uphills it's not flat yeah um i think a strong break will fall. obviously it's preferable to not be 50 kilos if you're isolated yeah uh particularly in a plateau uh in the middle of the stage uh, i'm gonna go with mark soler to win this Ooh. he was fucking flying on aaron i think he's not respected as a gc rider and um, I think if there's lots of people jumping, yep. he UAE uh, give their guys freedom. So really, I think him and Vine will try and get in, and it could be one of those two. Uh, if if those two, one of those two get in, they're going to be very, very
1: difficult for anyone to beat. But Rome, I also find interesting. Well, Stana, he got seven or something in Burgos, but it's now on 240, 250. So it's also too, he kind of...
0: It would have to be a weak week climbing break. Yeah. Or he could anticipate and go early, like in the tour and break up early. Because that's the thing. If... If you're in the break with a Vine mm-hmm. or a Solaire, you're you, fucked. You got to go on that that bonus sprint, uh, false flat climb earlier and try and anticipate and get in a group like Vanderpool did on the stage, Yoni Zagira won. Uh, is there a Harada here? There is a Harada here at Gofferson. It it's is? a good one here. Is this here. Okay. So we're going to see Kemna, a Harada. Definitely in the breakaway. Hopefully, Bardet and I think UAE. So I'm going to go with Soler because I think Vine might be on Sepku style duties for Ayuso on the final climb itself.
1: No chance of GC. Well, there will be GC action, but it's going to be behind and is going to be the winner of the stage. Yeah.
0: What do you think,
1: but What do you think for GC? I think I reckon the riders that lost time on Arin will lose time again. Yeah. And we'll have a similar situation. Is the climb hard enough to really? It's very similar drop to Arensal. Yeah, but the last four, or five kilometers are like 90 10%, 11%. It's so. even
0: steeper, but it's at the same altitude. It'll be warmer.
1: I reckon there might be more gaps here than on Arensal.
0: Yeah, there should be. It's longer, steeper, and hotter, and a harder stage. I, uh, maybe and not.
1: If you remco after Arensal, do you have maybe a bit too much confidence that you might attack early, thinking, okay, I outsprinted them? They shouldn't, right? They should try and take it. I reckon Remco will
0: try to do the same thing again. I think okay. he's going to play passive, yeah. not like Swiss. I think he's going to play passive like Aaron Sahl, hope that UAE and Yumbo neutralize each other. And if they don't, that Bora with Vlasov and Brooks bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Yeah, but- And then he will maybe, okay, maybe he goes at a K to go. He tries yeah. something. I don't think he's going to get hit, Knox and Cota do a lead out for the first five minutes and then yeah. just jump from a group of 10, like he did in Norway or something. Yeah. Um, I do think, I don't think he drops Vingegaard tomorrow. I'd be very, very surprised. I don't think so either. Or so? He could, I mean, this is, this has been a climb, a sort of climb role that she's been winning on for yeah. for years, but it didn't look good on side. Okay. You can say, oh, he's boxed in or whatever, but like, if you've got good legs, you don't get boxed in. Remco just moved up with 300 meters to yeah. go because he felt so good. So, you know, I don't. I'd be surprised if he just turned it around and whacked Remco. But also, you know, on La Molina he got spanked by Remco, and then he he spanked him back on Loport the next day. So,
1: but if they're together at the at the finish line, they're gonna have that sprint. But it's also not for bonus seconds. So, it's not gonna be for life in that either. Uh, if there's true, a breakaway ahead. True,
0: It's not for the stage It's not for bonus seconds. You're right. So, in our mind, at least. Well, I mean. <laughs> I don't see anyone controlling except UAE if Ayuso really puts the foot down tonight and wants the stage win. Which
1: Uh, I'd love for them to do as well. I'd love them to do
0: it. But Um, also
1: make it close because I want to see Kemna almost win. They also have the team
0: UAE to really do it. Oliveira and Milano can control break formation. Finn, Fisher Black is a great domestique to control the mid part of this stage or the hills. I think they're the only team I can really see doing it. Movistar maybe, but if I was them, I'd get Rubio in the breakaway.
1: I just hope that this is not the the kind of stage we had before on this finish. where, Was it the one Angel Madraza won ahead of Yepsabola and Jose Herrera? Yeah. I severely hope that we've got a better breakaway this time. I mean, because that
0: was the breakaway. I don't know how, like, no disrespecting, but how he was allowed to. I mean, you're, and speaking of gaps, it's the identical stage, by the way. Speaking of gaps, Valverde and Roglic took 30 seconds on Poggi that day and took. 50 seconds, no, 40, 42 seconds on Quintana.
1: Baby Poggy. So not leader yet, Poggy. R was still my leader. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Poggy. Wow. Oh, well, on Masla Costa. Yeah, he wasn't so good in the first week. He came good yeah. on... Um, I mean, on on Cortals, he won. So, it's not like
1: Poggy was shit. He won three stages. Mm-hmm. In Vuelta and came third. still can't believe that they were pretending R was leader that week. In the Vuelta? <laughs> yeah. They started with Aru is our leader. And then Poggy showed up.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and Aru DNS didn't start in
1: stage 13. Yeah. Isn't that the one where UE management then started roasting Fabio Aru or something? I
0: thought that was the tour the next year. Was maybe. it the tour? Man, that team has changed a lot when you look at the Mar- yeah. Marcato. Milano was already there, but Troya, yep. Marcato, Conti, Gaviria, Sergio and now Yeah, it's a lot better now. Um, anyway. Could be some decent gaps tomorrow. Uh, in other news, uh, there was another article in HLN uh, from Bram uh, Vande Capella. der Capella. It's a hard name for me to say. <laughs> he's basically plugged into this the Ridley and Lotto Destiny Fallout catastrophe. I mean, that's maybe a bit strong, but he he's getting quotes from both parties, and the Ridley responded sort of through him today because there was the article we referred to yesterday about how Lotto Destiny under Ulo are changing to Orbea. And I don't know, Ridley, they're kind of complaining that we've invested a lot to in, in the new time trial bike, which I sort of mentioned yesterday. It's not something they probably wanted to do. Most bike manufacturers normally. Um, yeah. And after 12 years, I mean, he's complaining that, oh, it's all about the money, the world tour team. You know, they're just chasing the money. How bad that is? And the quote is from him, in the search for extra budget, it was therefore decided to break the current agreement and to work with a new partner. It's like, well, yeah. Like, you re- they renegotiated in good faith with you during COVID when there was the bike boom yeah. to lower the financial contribution. And now they want to renew Delete, which they have. They want to extend Van Aetveldt, I presume, soon. They want to extend Segart yeah the team needs more money like and if you're not giving them the market rate or even close to it in a financial contribution then and they all uh lotto are asked ridley to up mm-hmm. the money right and they just said no
1: that's how i perceive the situation like yeah. i'm not internally but that's how i perceive it and i understand that they want their finances to to be able to extend whoever they want to extend it to be able to strengthen the team in the way they want to strengthen it Yeah. I don't know how that situation with their sponsor is going because wasn't Lotto in 2025 or something now not supposed to be a sponsor anymore in cycling? Because I thought of it was the, an exception. Wasn't, wasn't Lefebvre favorite complaining about oh, yeah. it? Yeah, you're right. Because the national
0: lottery is accepted in Belgium.
1: And then Napoleon Games from Quickstep had to go or something
0: because yes, it's a private bookie.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was. Yeah, that's why Lefebvre was mad. He's like, "Why are they allowed a gambling sponsor
0: effectively, or and yeah. we're not allowed one?" Um, but yeah, it's—I mean, it's not great to see it play out in the media. But to be honest, like, I think Ridley got a pretty good deal that Le Long sh yeah, shouldn't have signed. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I don't know how it works with the compensation because basically Ridley, from what I can read into this article, said they're going to sue Lotto. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, the team, not the, the team, lottery. the team Lotto <laughs> Destiny. They're going to sue.
0: They're going to sue Lotto Destiny and um. Yeah, a lot of different people in there. They brought over Yana um, Seal. I think she might be behind. She's like in the commercial area. She's half Belgian, half, I think, Kazakh, because she was working with Astana before yeah. I interviewed her.
1: Um, during the Vino Fallout era.
0: Yeah, yeah. She was part of the, I'm pretty sure, it never confirmed, but she was part of the Vino coup. Uh, <laughs> I
1: think. I,
0: I think so too. Because she came at the king, missed. And got ousted because she tried to bring in Premier Tech. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Premier Tech didn't want Vino, and um, but she's over at of Destiny now. I think working in the commercial side of the team. So yeah, that's just how it is. I cycling's mean, cycling's drama sometimes is pretty cool, huh? Oh, it is good to to see. It. And also, you know, I mean, wasn't there leaked documents as well from that Astana fall out about Vilja? Because didn't Vilja owe them money? I think so as well. I yeah. think so as well. And it was interesting just to see like how many bikes, like for example. In this um, HLN article, it was like, oh, we provide them with like 150 bikes. Like, I don't know. It's just, is that a lot? Is that not many? Um, like, how many
1: bikes do Ineos get a year? How many bikes do we get from our inexistent bike sponsor? We get no bikes, but we walk. Don't
0: want a disc brake bike anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be taken out. <laughs> anyway. Main, just keep a, a note on that news. Maybe there'll be some, uh, some more. To be more. clear, I'll gladly take yeah. a free disc bag. I actually, I actually have one. I don't know why I said that. I was just <laughs> trying, I was just, I have, I bought one myself. I, I'm trying Both to, be, yeah, I'm just trying to be edgy, um, <laughs> and satisfy Jesse Coyle. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's all from us today. We'll keep our ear to the ground with that sponsor news. Um, and we'll see you with the Havel You went with, uh, I went with Soler. You went with Kemna. Kemna. And I think they'll be the two fighting it out tomorrow. Until then. Ciao.